This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's John DeShazer. Well, welcome today to the Black and Blue Report. It's November the 1st, uh, 2016, a special day. Um, we are sponsored by ABC Insurance. And first and foremost, I mentioned November 1st. This is a special day in New Orleans, of course, because this is the day uh, 50 years ago on this day, uh, Commissioner Pete Rozelle announced that New Orleans was going to be awarded the 16th franchise in the NFL. Uh, so the Saints became the Saints on this day in 1966, uh, huge for the city. So, you know, obviously uh, this is a day of celebration. Uh, every year, but when you're talking about 50 years, man, that is something extremely significant. So we'll double back to that because we've got some great guests on the Black and Blue Report uh, regarding um, the Saints awarded the Saints being awarded the franchise, um, including um, former Xavier President Dr. Norman Francis, uh, who was president at Xavier University from 1968 through 2015. That in itself is is pretty amazing. Also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in December 2006. So Dr. Francis was one of the people who was uh, critical in, in the Saints being awarded to New Orleans. He actually was with the group uh, representing New Orleans who made the pitch to Commissioner Roselle, and, and we'll talk to him uh, some about that. And also today um, on the show, uh, Peter Finney Jr. Um, you know that name, Peter Finney Sr., um, esteemed columnist from the Times-Picayune uh, for 68-plus years, where Peter, Peter Finney Jr., is the executive editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald. That's the Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese here in New Orleans. Um, and many of you know Peter Jr. also uh, as, a, as a fine writer and columnist and journalist. And he and Dad collaborated on a book uh, before Peter passed. Uh, 75 of his columns are in that book. Uh, each one of them has a prelude to the column to kind of explain the situation as, you know, the thought process that went into the column. So, you know, it's on Amazon.com. Please, please, please go get it because it is a fantastic read. Um, any of you know who any of you know who anything about Peter Senior uh, know the caliber of writer that he was. You know, they don't call people, you know, sometimes the, the word legend is overplayed uh, for Pete Finney Senior. That is not an overplayed uh, word or characteristic or adjective or anything you want to say. Uh, the guy was a legend, and I had the privilege of being able to work with him for 20 years at the time. Picking so, you know, get that book. Um, and furthermore, you know, now let's not uh, assume that uh, that's the only thing that's happening today, obviously. Uh, today, game six of the World Series. Uh, Cleveland trying to close out the Chicago Cubs and uh, – and uh, I'm in here with uh, with with uh, our producer today, Cassie Calvert. And uh, you guys probably know Cassie. You've heard her on the Black and Blue Report from time to time. On Fridays, I believe, is her day, fun, Friday fun day uh, for Cassie here in the studio. And um, I don't know if Cassie has a preference. You got a preference, Cassie? Does it matter? <laughs> I'm going for Chicago. Chicago. Well, she says she's going for Chicago. So she's joining. She's, uh, that, that bandwagon is probably keeled over from the weight. Uh, I really I don't I can't say that I have a preference. I, I really don't. Uh, I don't follow baseball the way I used to or the way I should. When I was younger, man, I was well, when I was in Georgia and I was a Braves fan and, you know, they were, you know, really, really pretty bad for a long time. And then they got decent. And, you know, so Dale Murphy was my guy back in the days and I knew all the stats. Then, but now I don't keep up with it like I used to. I do know um, the long suffering 
uh, Cubs fan fandom. So uh, and I and well, I guess Cleveland's kind of long suffering too. Although LeBron and the Cavaliers kind of put a Band-Aid on that, so I'm sure Cubs fans are saying, "Look, you got one. You don't need another one." And Cleveland's saying, "Look, yeah, we got that one, but we want one in baseball too." So we'll see how that shakes out tonight. Um, if nothing else. You know, best case scenario, I think, is going to Game 7 because, you know, Game 7 is always the biggest game in sports and certainly in the World Series between these two franchises, uh, between two long-suffering fan bases. So that'll be worth watching. Uh, and also the Saints are rolling into the weekend. Uh, they've, you know, won three out of the last four. They'll get back to work tomorrow, Wednesday, practicing for Sunday's game at San Francisco against the 49ers or in Santa Clara, I guess, against the 49ers and uh Saints have an opportunity to even their record at four and four. It'll be the first time they be they will be have been five hundred. If they can get to five hundred, it'll be the first time since they were four and four at this point last season. So they want to even the record and see if they can keep the momentum going. And uh, of course, tonight in the Smoothie King Center, the Pelicans take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Pels are zero and three. The Bucks are one and two. Pels favored to win this game, and New Orleans uh, desperately needs this this win. Uh, to get some good taste in their mouth. Um, everybody in the league obviously knows what Anthony Davis has done, uh, especially in his two home games, a combined 95 points and 33 rebounds. So AD has been everything. He has been billed to be uh, in his home games and throughout the season averaging 37.7 points uh, right now, but hadn't had quite as much help as he would like or as Coach Alvin Gentry would like for his teammates to have given him at this point. Hopefully they can get a little bit more balance tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Come on out to the Smoothie King Center. Check it out if you get an opportunity. Um, you know, there are a finite number of superstar players in the NBA, folks. Anthony Davis is one of them. Um, I'm, you know, there's not four or five players in the NBA I would take ahead of him. And I think uh, on those polls where general managers say, you know, which guy would I start my franchise with he's high on the list uh, he's worth the price of admission alone and hopefully uh, he'll be able to lead his teammates to a victory tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks but for today on the black and blue report we're talking all Saints day we're talking the Saints 50th birthday and we've got you know some esteemed guests we already mentioned uh, Dr. Norman Francis and Peter Finney Jr. so stick and stay with us here on the black and blue report because we're going to have a lot of fun today Win the night for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is this Friday, November 4th against the Phoenix Suns. For more information and to plan your next winning night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things 
like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Optioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-OCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and host your birthday party, corporate event, or a holiday party in a Pelicans luxury suite. No matter who you're entertaining, let the Pelicans take the hassle out of finding a venue and planning world-class entertainment. Luxury suites are available now for the games throughout the Pelican season, giving you great seats to see the biggest stars in the NBA. For more information and to book your luxury suite night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. And we are back with Black and Blue Report. I'm joined now by Dr. Norman Francis. And if you are from New Orleans, well, maybe if you're from anywhere, you should know that. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Francis, uh, former president of Xavier University from 1968 to 2015, um, uh, recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom in December 2006. Uh, and honored in so many ways and, and by so many people that I, can't, I couldn't possibly name them all right here today. I'll take up the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dr. Francis joins us here on All Saints Day. Um, and Dr. Francis, uh, first, thank you for coming. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. My pleasure. And, uh, and, and second, since we're talking about All Saints Day, uh, we're, we're exploring your role in the Saints being uh, awarded uh, in the Saints being awarded to New Orleans on All Saints Day in in 1966 obviously this is the 50 year anniversary of the team uh, today is its 50th birthday which makes me feel pretty good cuz I'm 50 this year too <laughs> but uh yes sir yes sir but um you 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 know we're exploring your role in in the Saints uh, being awarded to New Orleans what what was your role with the committee and the whole situation in, in 1966 and the years previous to that I guess well, let, let me uh, start this way. Uh, I've been a saint before the saint was a saint. Uh, <laughs> but I had the great privilege uh, to be on the advisory committee uh, with John Meekham Jr. Uh, after his father had bought the saints. Uh, you know, John was a Texan, and I think they figured he needed some advice from folks who could see uh, who would say who there at some point in in, in, in their <laughs> lifetime, uh, and it 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 was a nice uh, uh, service for me. Now we didn't have to do a lot of work, uh, although we didn't choose the uh, general managers nor the coaches. Uh, maybe if uh, we had a chance to do that, John would have won more football games. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but but the, the the real privilege and opportunity I had uh, was that when the AFL uh, team a game was supposed to be played in New Orleans uh, as some of us are my age to know uh, it was uh, boycotted That's by right, the, the AFL all-star game correct yes it was an yeah. all-star game and uh, the players were not treated as they should have been in the city couldn't go to certain restaurants when they walked in and the like and so they decided to boycott the game and uh, uh, that was obviously a great disappointment by uh, all of us who wanted to see uh, New Orleans get a football, pro football team. And, of course, the game was played in all places in Houston. Uh, and 
it was a, at, it's about a year maybe afterwards. Uh, Dave Dixon and another group, but Dave was a visionary, and he kept pushing the fact that New Orleans should have a pro football team. Mm-hmm. And that boycott was a hiccup, if you want to call it that, uh, because, of course, the owners uh, didn't like that kind of publicity and, and felt that, why we're not going to go to a, a city that's going to act like that. So uh, we went up to Washington to meet the owners, uh, and I don't know how many they had, 18 at the time, I'm not sure. Uh, went, went to the old Sherham Hotel in Washington, and the uh, governor, John McKithen, was with us. And John was going to make the presentation, and then he did. Uh, and as I've told people this story, uh, Moon and I uh, went to law school together, and we drove to the airport to catch the plane with no money in our pocket and wondered how in the world we were going to get back. <laughs> <laughs> and we both decided we were going to put our handcuffs on the governor and make sure that because <laughs> the governor had charge of the plane on the way back and everybody else could have stayed. That's an interesting story. But in any event, uh, we were there, and um, uh, the, uh, Governor McKitten was standing at that microphone, and the 50 supporters were there to help him, but he didn't need any help. Uh, I don't mind saying, uh, and excuse the expression, but he was selling matches in hell. Mm. He was mm. he was given a speech that brought him to the uh, governorship. If you too young remember, he he uh, his motto was "Would you help me, please?" <laughs> uh, and he was eloquent that day. And we were standing, and I was against the wall with Moon. All of a sudden, uh, Moon said, uh, "The governor just called your name." I said, "He what?" Uh, he said, yeah, and uh, well, and the governor turned around and said, would you come up to the microphone? And so I'm walking up, got 20 seconds maybe to say, what does he want? And if he asked me, what am I going to say? And all these owners uh, were sitting there, and he made it, thank God, said, he, look, he, uh, he didn't know I was going to call him up here, but I'm going to ask him to say whether or not uh, we should have a pro football team in New Orleans. And so I said, well, uh, I couldn't, you know, stand up there and say, everything's all right. You know, y'all come on. We're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I said that things uh, that all of us would like to see, we are a sports town. Uh, and you heard my governor say what uh, kind of a city New Orleans is going to be. He's a governor. And uh, we're going to play the game by the, the rules, both on the field, off the field. And we're going to make this city a great city and this state a great state. Uh, and so I said, I trust him, and I'll ask all of you to trust him. And I got away from that microphone <laughs> as fast as I could. But apparently it, it, it did work well, and uh, I got to spend a lot of time uh, with John Meekham Jr. and, and the Saints uh, uh, and watched them. I got a chance, actually, to, uh, to take a trip whenever I wanted to go with the Saints. I, I was able to take maybe only one a year at the most. And that was exciting for a country boy to be on that plane uh, with the uh, pro team as it was. Now, I must confess, uh, we struggled a little bit. Uh, uh, Maybe we didn't have uh, all of the things that we really needed uh, to play in those early years. Mm -hmm. We had to take players who had, well, were finishing their careers and the like. Yeah, the expansion drafts. Yeah, Yeah. and you know who all they were. We, We had a tight end, that boy. I'm told that one of the teams that he used to play with, they were making noise in the hotel, and he shot his pistol up the the ceiling. (laughs) So 
I, I got to know who he was, so I didn't stay too close to him. But the point is, we did have uh, people who loved the Saints, still love the Saints, uh, and supported the Saints. And for those of us who watched Dave Dixon and all of the others build that Superdome, uh, it changed that whole Poitras Street. New Orleans, you can't imagine. It was warehouses and all and that Superdome was the anchor. And I had the privilege of uh, making at least four of the meetings where the owners would choose the Super Bowl. You'd go to the city, they met in very nice places. Uh, I remember going to four. The reason I remembered it, because I'd never been in the places. Went to Hawaii twice, uh, went to Phoenix, and then went to Miami. And we, the, the four of us, now we had supporters just as uh, McKinsey had when he made his pitch, but there were at least 50 people who would travel with us, hotel f- uh, folks, and people who knew what uh, the Super Bowl would mean to New yeah. Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, i tell you this little interesting tidbit. Uh, we were in Honolulu, and they had a big party that I think it was the Saturday night. Uh, each one of the big stations had a night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. And they had a band playing uh, on the right, right outside, and we concocted a little plan. They went to the band uh, director playing, and they said, uh, "Could somebody sit in with you?" They said, "Well, not anybody could sit in." They said, "Well, we got Al Hurt here. Would you let him sit?" <laughs> oh, Al Hurt, yeah. Al Hurt got there with his trumpet. And from that point on, they played nothing but New Orleans music. Uh-huh. And all the other cities that were there to make a pitch said, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> well, that's all right with us. Did the same thing in uh, Miami. Uh-huh. And asked the band director, Ken, uh, the leader, can somebody sit in? Yes, who? We got Pete Fountain here. Mm-hmm. Well, it was an interesting. And, and, of course, the owners were all there. They said, well, you, you rigged the, quote, uh, the selection of the Super Bowl I said, no, we didn't do that. But it was an it was experience for me, and I can just tell you, New Orleans would not be what it is today had it not been uh, for the Saints and the pro team, uh, and what it has meant for all. For us in this city. Well, I tell you what, when you got Pete Fountain and Al Hurt hanging out with you, you can you can kind of put your thumb on the scale and, and tilt it a little bit. Um, I think we for, did a little tilt. Yeah, for, for you personally, Dr. Francis, yeah. um, being an African American during yeah. those times, yes, um, and being on that committee, yes, and obviously you know yeah. the the nation and and New Orleans and everywhere else, you know, isn't operating as smoothly as you would like for it to be in during race relations. How uh, how much I guess did it mean for you to be on that committee and to be, yeah. you know, in that esteemed position? Well, it, it was important, and and a uh, little bit of my background. Uh, I was the first uh, black to be admitted to Loyola's Law School, and so my classmates uh, were all great guys. And I remember now, this is 1952, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, they bonded with me and found out that you know. I put my pants on the same way they did. No, very few ladies at all in the law school. And number two, which was very important, uh, there was always a question there, you know, first black in the law school, can you do the work? Mm-hmm. Well, I came from a great institution. I graduated from Xavier, had a degree uh, of all places in, in math, and went to law school. Well, that was a little uh, irony. But uh, these guys had just finished 
they call their pre-law. So they, they didn't have degrees. Not all of them did. Most, about 75% didn't. So I, I had as fine an education as any of them in, in the law school. So I was secure, uh, and they were, I think, pleased to see how secure uh, I was. I, I could, uh, one night I said to them, we were studying uh, downtown uh, in a bank building that they probably wouldn't let me in uh, uh, at, after 8 o'clock at night with, with my classmates. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were struggling with, a, with a, some case. And I stood up and said, you know something? I might not be the smartest one in this law school, but I'm damn sure not the dumbest one in this law school. <laughs> and we had a bond that was just unbelievable from that point on. Moon Landry was in that in the law school at the time, Caligara, Supreme Court judge. I could name all of these young Turks who made a difference in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched, uh, well, Dutch Morial uh, went to undergraduate school with me. He went to LSU Law School. And so I had uh, two mayors, one I'd gone to law school with, one who I'd gone to undergraduate school with. And this was a time where the question of race relations were at their peak. Uh, uh, I, I make this statement, no mind saying it here. Moon Landrew changed New Orleans in terms of how City Hall was going to be run. Uh, Terrence DeVerne, African-American, was his chief of staff. That was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And jobs uh, in New Orleans were now being given the opportunity from African-Americans and the like. Uh, I served on the, I served on the uh, commissions in both of those administrations, Aviation Board, Civil Service Commission, only black. And I had an opportunity to be able to say things that needed to be said uh, and and say it with a degree of confidence, and I didn't have to hit on the table and the like, uh, but to say, uh, we're going to make a difference. We've got to do things the way they should be done. And, and remember, I spent 34 years of my 85 years in, under Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but unequal, mm-hmm. from my grammar school days till actually... Uh, Civil rights, 64, 65. And I was of counsel to core Congress of Racial Equality that represented the sit-ins, the freedom riders, and the like. So I had an unusual uh, opportunity to be in places where I might not have been. As uh, I said two weeks ago in, at LSU, I shouldn't be standing here, and I wouldn't have been standing here that if I did not have a mother and a father who didn't graduate in high school, would said to me, if you're going to be somebody, you're going to have to be educated. You're going to have to have uh, faith in yourself, faith in your God, faith in your country. And I never lost that faith. And uh, I keep saying that now to young people because, <laughs> hate to say it, but there are times now that I worry about where we're going because there are things that I'm hearing now that I heard 50 years ago, mm-hmm. and there's got to be a new kind of leadership that understand that not only the South, but this whole country has to come together and work as Americans to make us uh, what we are and better than what we are. So I was fortunate, and I, and I say I thank God every day that gave me the opportunity. My dad never forgave me for not practicing law, I have to tell you that. <laughs> he knew I was going to go back to that little town, Lafayette. I was born and raised in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And I'd have been the first black lawyer in Lafayette in period 
and probably would have been because there wasn't a black lawyer until six years later. I, he knew I was going to be a millionaire. And what did I do? I go to HBCU, poorest uh, institution in the country, having to struggle to make uh, ends meet, but I did what we were supposed to do, run a quality education and educate young people who were destined to be the leaders uh, wherever they were, and that's still true today. I'll tell you what, I, I hope, has Xavier added to the curriculum? Do they have a Norman Francis 101 class? They should, they should have that. They really should have that. <laughs> well, i tell you what I did. It, remember now, I, I, uh, I was handed a degree on a Saturday uh, as a lawyer. I got married on a Monday. The lady in Lafayette said, the government wants you. And I went to the service. And I spent two years as a private. I didn't accept a commission. Uh, I was married. I had a son. They offered me one, but I'd already spent a year. I don't know why they missed it. I was a lawyer. But anyway, I turned down having a commission. Mm -hmm. And I came back in 57. Uh, and I agreed to serve at Xavier uh, for, oh, I figure about two or three years because I had a free ride at Xavier when I was an undergraduate. And I thought I owed something. I never thought it was 57 years. <laughs> but, but I taught every freshman male what they call personal adjustment, uh, how to study, how to act, what you're supposed to be. You know, everything my mother and father told me that I said to them gave me what I needed to be somebody that would make a contribution. And that... Uh, uh, that they had that duty and that responsibility. And I'll tell you, they are legendary. I mean, the people that I had, I, I, I keep remembering, remembering uh, John Scott. John Scott died too young. He, was, he, he got the Genius Award, but he's got works in New Orleans, like the, uh, right behind the, uh, the aquarium, this long, steel-looking uh, figure, the gates at the museum. But John taught art at Xavier and taught students how to make paper. If they had gone to a school and didn't have paper, he taught them how to make paper, then he taught how to be an artist. Mm -hmm. And then he moved from being an artist and started doing the sculptured work, and, and John died too young, really. Mm -hmm. So uh, my answer to your question, I was one of the luckiest guys in the world to be where I was at the time, and uh, never regretted. My daddy, uh, I, I use this story, uh, my daddy went to his grave, never forgiven me for not being a millionaire lawyer. But my brother was the fourth black Catholic bishop named in the United States by the Pope. And so my daddy went to his grave with a, with a bishop, not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to get you out of here on this. On this. Um, you've been a Saints fan, obviously, yeah. from inception. Before the Saints were Saints. Before the Saints were Saints. Um, just what has it meant, I guess, for you to, I guess— experience the lows and the highs and all the other fluctuations with the franchise? Well, let me put it this way. If you put them on a scale, what the Saints have meant to New Orleans and to our persona as individuals and the like outweigh those days where were not the good days. And, and in life you take the good with the bad. And you know, I grew up in the country. You play the hand, they deal you. And you play it well, as well as you can. And that's what the Saints have done. And I think uh, people understand uh, how competition works. Are you happy when you lose? No. 
but I'm happy as a lark Sunday uh, sitting on the edge of my seat at home saying, oh, God, please, let, let's get these two minutes, o- uh, two seconds over with. But it, for me, I, I, I take a degree of uh, comfort and uh, feeling that I was a part of a great uh, organization in a sense of bringing to a city that wouldn't be what it is today had it not been in New Orleans. Just, just the Superdome itself, and then you add the Saints uh, to it. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, everybody talked about the Astrodome. Except, uh, please excuse me, all Texans out there, but uh, we could put the Astrodome inside the Superdome, you know. Mm-hmm. And I go back to John McKithen. We wouldn't have built that Superdome had John McKithen not been governor. He had to get that other $20 million uh, from the state coffers and the like to build them. We thought we could build it, I think, for $60 million. I think it wound up being $80 million. And now you couldn't build it for $500 million, yeah, exactly. you know. So it's, it's, it, it's the progression that happens in one's life, in one's city. Uh, and if you have faith in what you're doing, even in the worst of times. I, I, I give this story. I, it's not my estate, and I've never, I didn't write it, but it says, you know, we all get that wits end sometimes. You ever get at wits end? Mm-hmm. Say, so I'm at wits end. Well, remember when you go to wits end, that's where God is. That's, that's, takes you back. And so for me, it's, uh, it's been a good, good life, uh, and I'm trying to learn how to retire. Uh, I knew how to be president, but I didn't know how to retire. <laughs> That's a good thing to know. That's a good thing to not know. Um, folks, uh, well, first of all, th- thank you so much, Dr. Francis, for joining us here. Um, folks, that's as good as it gets. That's gold, and, uh, and we'll be back on, on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for having me. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown, Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. And we're back here on the Black and Blue Report with uh, Peter Finney Jr., the esteemed Peter Finney, Finney Jr. Um, you guys obviously will you'll recognize the name, the legendary father, Peter Finney, senior who worked for the Times-Picayune, 60-plus uh, years. Um, one of my uh, – guy I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be able to have called a friend. Um, one thing I can always remember about Pete Sr. 
was that uh, he always made you feel like you were an equal, which was astonishing to me considering the status he maintained uh, in the profession. But he was never a guy who was overtly uh, arrogant that I ever saw a day in my life. In fact, he was more self-deprecating than anything. <laughs> um, uh, a guy who could laugh at himself as well as, you know, any anybody else, but uh, who had a great time and, and brought a great joy uh, to the job. And that's something that uh, I hope all of us can learn from. Uh, go to work with a smile on your face. Uh, I rarely saw you. I rarely saw your dad in a bad mood. Did you see? I, I, you had to have seen him in a bad mood. <laughs> He, he would sometimes take out the, the belt and snap it, but that was about as far as it got. You know, it, it never, he never actually inflicted any wounds. And, you know, you talk about his, his personality. He would go to the morning call for coffee and donuts every morning. That was before the Internet. Of course, he didn't do the Internet, but he would pick up papers right next door. And invariably, somebody would come, hey, Pete, how are the Saints going to do? And then, of course, he didn't really want my dad's opinion. He just wanted to say what he thought the Saints would do. So, so the, the guy went on for 15 minutes to talk. And I would say, well, Dad, after the guy left, who was that guy? He says, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he, he did treat everybody uh, well and just uh, he loved he loved his job. He really did. Yeah, and, and, of course, one of the things we're reflecting on here on All Saints Day is uh, N.O. Goes Pro. Um, the Saints uh, awarded to New Orleans the 16th franchise uh, in the NFL on this day in 1966. And, of course, uh, Pete was working for the state side of then. Uh, and, uh, again, a guy who wrote the uh, initial articles on the Saints being awarded uh, to New Orleans. And, and, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, you have a, a, a joint book coming out with, uh, with some of your dad's works in it. So just, you know, first, you know, we'll, we'll go back to the, uh, to the awarding of the Saints, but let's talk about the book first. Uh, what should we expect and what do we uh, get to look forward to here? Well, you know, in fact, the, the column on the, the birth of the Saints is in, is in that book. It's called The Best of Peter Finney. Legendary yes. New Orleans sports writer, and it's got seventy-five of his uh, of his best columns. Which you know, it's really it's a treasure trove of New Orleans, Louisiana sports, LSU Saints. Uh, so anybody who who loves sports, if you just like good writing, it's it's a great book. You know, for Christmas that kind of thing. But it's just uh, he, he, we we tried to get him to do it for many many years. He resisted. Finally, when he retired after sixty-eight years uh, at the Picayune. Uh, he said, okay, we'll do it. So we did a little, little precedes for each column just to kind of set the context, and that was it. So it was just some good stuff in there. It, how, how do you pick 75 out of <laughs> – because, uh, I mean, you know, I mean – You know, they, they were, they were uh, 15,000 columns. And yeah. We figured out it was 12 million words, something like that. Yeah. So actually, you know, John, he had – actually, he had clipped every column he had ever written. It was in a scrapbook. And so uh, the, the ones that before, you know, before digitization, certainly, uh, they were like in 30 scrapbooks, and we just flipped the page. And, and say, hey, this sounds like it's a good moment, you know. Th there were so many great ones that are on the cutting room floor, you know. So yeah. uh, it's a, it's really a fun – it was a fun experience to do that with him. Well, I'm looking forward to getting that one um, in my hands. I really am because um, I, I think anybody who knows anything about sports in New Orleans, if you don't know Peter Finney, <laughs> then you don't know anything about sports in New Orleans <laughs> because the two are linked like, you know, you wouldn't believe. Uh, you know, he's one of those – there are very few guys who, you know, you look across the nation who are – synonymous with a city you name you, you name the name and people know the paper in the city um very few of those guys who ever in in my opinion and few of them did it better better than peter but and 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 i guess thinking back to that that column that he wrote um when the saints were awarded to new orleans what did it say and, and what was his mood he, he was in the room of course he said I, th I think they were all men in the room the only woman in the room was mary dixon dave dixon's wife and she and dave and actually the son frank 
sat, uh, they stood in the back, uh, in the back wall while all the politicians got up and took the bows, of course. Yeah. But, you know, 50 years ago today, incredible moment uh, because Dave Dixon really had worked for many, for over a decade to bring a franchise, you know, to New Orleans. But really, it was the political muscle of the then pretty strong Louisiana congressional delegation that really helped, uh, you know, bring that franchise here. Uh, as you remember, in 1966, uh, 65, 66, the NFL and AFL were, were just in a cannibalization war. Yes, you know, they salaries were. Salaries were going through the roof. Mm-hmm. So the NFL said, we've got to make peace and try to get this, you know, a merger so we don't have to pay these exorbitant uh, salaries. And so, but they needed an antitrust exemption. And to get that, they had to go to Congress for that. Uh, when when uh, Louisiana heard that and Dave Dixon heard that, he said, listen, maybe we can put a little muscle and say, hey, we'll give you the antitrust exemption, but New Orleans has to have a franchise. And uh, Hale Boggs and Russell Long were the two key players uh, in Washington to help make, bring that about. And it's a funny story. Uh, in, in a blog post that I did, I think, for the uh, NewOrleansSaints.com, the uh, Cokie Roberts, who, was Hale Bo- who is Hale Boggs' uh, uh, daughter, recalls that at 11th hour, you know, uh, Pete Rose, the, the vote's getting ready to take place. And Roselle says to Hale Boggs something to the effect that, well, we think, we hope, we might, you know, New Orleans might get a franchise. And Hale Boggs said, what do you mean you think? You, if, if that's the case, we can cancel the vote. And he started walking down the, the rotunda. And then Roselle went after him and said, oh, no, 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 you, you're going to get a franchise. <laughs> and so I said, we don't know if all that is exactly true, but uh, it, they put the muscle on and New Orleans got the franchise you 50 know, years ago. That, that's amazing. I can't imagine a, a reporter actually being in the room nowadays because, I mean, you know, <laughs> one, you know, everybody looks looks at us like, you know, ink-stained wretches. Although I, I guess we're I guess we're far from the ink-stained now because everything's <laughs> digital, digitiz, digitization. That's and right. so, uh, you know, you don't get the ink on your hands like yeah. you used to <laughs> anymore, but <laughs> Uh, but I mean, to have been in the room, I, I would imagine had to have been something that Pete remembered forever. Yeah. Well, and you know, at, when the announcement was made at the Punch Train Hotel on St. Charles Avenue, uh, the, the NFL actually got the second best room. Uh, Maurice Chevalier, the French actor, was in town <laughs> promoting the film. Seventy-eight years old, he got the eleventh floor, of the Stern Suite, which is supposed to be the, the better room. Uh, the NFL got the patio room, which is still a nice room, but it yeah. was like the second place room. But uh, I remember, you know, my dad always did some things, you know, to try to spice up his column. You know, rather than just writing just purely about the NFL, he went and did an interview with uh, Maurice Chevalier, who knew nothing about football. And he just said, uh, <laughs> boxing is my sport. I, I, that's all I know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, he, he talked about how Maurice got the better room. But, but still, you know, for 10 minutes, the politicians got up and, and before Pete Rozelle got up and, you know, made the, made the announcement. And really, had it not been for Tulane University, uh, uh, Longenecker, the, the, the president, Guaranteeing they could play in the sugar, uh, play in the Tulane Stadium, it would have been difficult to bring the, the franchise here, and and you know the Tulane you know allowed that to happen. That is, uh, that is pretty amazing, and and obviously because of your link, your dad, as we mentioned a couple of times, uh, you are probably as versed in Saints history as as anyone is, you know nowadays. Uh, just what are your thoughts on on this day, this 50th anniversary, this 50th birthday? Pretty much, it's ama- and it does make me feel old because I do remember, you know, <laughs> sitting in the north end zone, upper deck, in the the youth tickets at that time. You you paid for, uh, was it uh, ten? I think it was ten tickets, and you paid fifteen dollars for the whole season. So it was a dollar fifty to sit in the upper deck. I was there when Tom Dempsey kicked the ball to me. He kicked toward he kicked toward the north end zone. Oh, uh, so uh, it, it's an amazing thing. You, we saw all those, you know. Just last second uh, losses and, and some of the the sixty two sevens and stuff like that losses, but uh, I mean the Saints are part of the fabric you know of this city, 
and one of the one of the great little things about you know the nickname Saints is uh, of course I work for the Catholic paper now yes. and uh, Archbishop Hannon Philip Hannon who had just come to New Orleans in 65 right after Hurricane Betsy uh, they were when the Saints were going to be announced to the New Orleans team they asked him do you think the name Saints would be sacrilegious and he says well no 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 not at all he says yeah, but I have to tell you in the opinion of the church you know, most of the saints were martyrs. And so that's actually what happened. <laughs> so, I mean, for 40 years, um, yeah. the, the saints were martyrs until they uh, they, they did in, in Fort Lauderdale something pretty special. You know, I, I'm a guy, I've only been here, I say only, since 92. That, boy, that feels like a long time <laughs> when you say it that way, doesn't it? But, but you've experienced many more um, loaves than I have with this franchise. Just, yeah. you know, what was it like or is it like to be a fan, to be a New Orleanian, to live vicariously through this this franchise. Well, you know, you saw so many bad moments. I mean, you remember the the, the you know the uh, airplane, the paper airplanes coming out of the upper deck in the Superdome. I remember one game. Uh, Bobby Scott was the uh, was the I think the starting quarterback. He came out. They introduced the team for uh, the opening of the game. He tripped over a TV cable and, and sprained his ankle. So they had to go with the third string quarterback. So it was like uh, you know things like that happen all the time. Big Ben, you know the uh, the loss to the Raiders when they had a 35 nothing lead. I mean it's just mm-hmm. uh, things like that happen, which made you know which made the Super Bowl season that much more I- incredible. And really the, the entire country, the entire world, really was was on the Saints side. You know when just because of all the things that uh, you know the, the team had been through, and uh, I think you know that that, that week in Miami, uh, I did some stories for my old paper, the New York Post, uh, all all New Orleans Saints stories, and to see these people coming who didn't even have a ticket to the game, they just want, that one guy who worked at the cemetery, uh, he said uh, uh, at the New Orleans Catholic Cemetery, I'm going to I'm going to, uh, to Miami. I says, well, you have a ticket? He says, no, 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 no. We're just going to get we're going to get within the vicinity of the stadium. We'll be two miles away just to say that we were there, you know we were close by when this happened. So. I mean, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, that people, you know, only through pain and suffering can you really <laughs> yeah, a enjoy. a lot of pain and suffering. <laughs> the triumph. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, that's Peter Finney Jr. Um, you know, when's the book coming out? The book is out right it's now. It's out right and now. Yeah, Amazon.com, The Best of Peter Finney. It's uh, it's, it's a really good take uh, if you got a father or you got a son or anybody. If you just like good writing, it's a good book. Well, I would think any New Orleanian um, who knows anything about Peter Finney and obviously knows the type of work he did should go out and get this. Uh, I am getting mine because, um, you know, I read probably some of those columns, you know, <laughs> firsthand at the paper. Uh, I, you know, folks who don't know, I worked at the paper for 20 years before I uh, transitioned over to the Saints and Pelicans. So, you know, um, that's why I can always, you know, recount the times. And, and when I tell people, you know, what a good friend Peter was to all. Peter was a friend of the world, I believe, pro- pretty much. <laughs> and so uh, so people are like, you know, how did you know? Well, I worked with him for 20 years, so, you know, and I consider that to be my benefit uh, because I, th- I think Pete showed a-, a lot of us a lot about professionalism and about, you know, a, a great approach to the job and, and, and to life. Um, I, I, like I said, I've never met somebody who seemed to enjoy what he did more than Pete, and, and God knows I hope I can enjoy it uh, as much as he did for as long as he did and be as productive as he did. And if I can do just half of that, or any of us, if we can do, do about half of that, I think that would be a pretty, pretty incredible career. So, Pete, thank you for joining us here on the Black and Blue Report, and uh, and we'll be back after this break. Thank you.
The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to win the night with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers, all for as low as $50. Win the night with the next Guys Night Out on Monday, November 14th against the Boston Celtics. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. I'm Jerry Robson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, folks, thanks for coming along for the ride with me today. Uh, I'm, again, I'm John DeShazer, uh, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, sitting in today, subbing out, uh, relief pitching, so to speak, for uh, for Sean Kelly. Uh, Sean obviously is not with us here today. Um, he had a death in the family. In fact, his father, uh, Jim Kelly, passed recently, and so Sean is handling his business with his family, and we wish him all the best, all our condolences to him and his family um, a great set of people, and a, a, the reason, if you know Sean Kelly and you have any uh, high regard for him, then you know where it comes from if you had ever had the privilege of meeting Mr. Jim. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Sean as he deals uh, in, during this time of bereavement in his family. We're looking forward to getting him back, but certainly not um, before he is able to uh, to grieve and, and be with his family and, and just uh, you know extend the love to one another and the support that you need during this time. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting Sean back. Uh, me, myself, and I, I am getting out of here, and you guys have had me for today and maybe maybe a little bit more this week. I'm not exactly sure yet, but I know I'll be making some more cameos. I don't know if I'll be here in, in the director's chair the entire time, but, uh, but I will be back. Uh, it's been a great time here uh, hanging out with Cassie. Uh, again, you get her. On Friday, she and Brianna, if I'm not mistaken, they come in again, fun day Friday with the girls hanging out and talking sports and giving it to you. And and uh, so they will provide you all the news and all the interviews and everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans on Friday, as well as sports in general. And I think that's a nice twist that we have here on OrleansSaints.com with the Black and Blue Report. We're able to give it to you, give you all different kinds of uh, viewpoints and and uh, that's really, really nice, that kind of diversity. So, again, I'm John DeShazer. Had a great time with you here today, and I will check you out a little bit later. Please stick and stay with us on the Black and Blue Report throughout this week and every other week. Have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.